This is Yudaha Cohen, Brit Chazon Vision Magazine, and this is the Next Stage Podcast. I'm in Ariel today, the city of Ariel, up in the Shomron in Samaria, northern West Bank, and uh, joining me is Ezri Tubi from Boomerang Gives. Hey, Ezri. Hey, how are you, Yudah? Baruch Hashem, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm joining you from Boomerang Fighting for Israel. Boomerang is fighting for Israel. So why don't you tell me a little bit about Boomerang? So Boomerang is an organization that I funded in 2016, three years ago, after a long period of time where I was very, very frustrated from reality and, and from you know, the way Israel is being treated unfairly in the international arena and sometimes also in the local and domestic arena. So I decided to do something about it. And then I started creating videos and it worked out. And ever since then, I've been progressing more and more. And, and for now, what we're actually doing and focusing is we are trying to display in many different ways the reality and life here in Judea and Samaria. So we're actually more focused on Judea and Samaria, and we want to show the world... Samaria, I mean, you're in Samaria, right. but you travel, like you go to Judea. Right, yeah, but, but the stories we pick mm-hmm. are from Judea and Samaria. And of course, you will show more of Samaria because it's easier for me mm-hmm. not to, to show things uh, that where I live, around where I live, but, but every story that has to do with Judea and Samaria, if it needs driving or going there, it's not an issue for us. Because so you're talking about stories that are in the news, or you're talking about feel-good stories? Like, what yeah. do you, when you say stories? Well, it verifies. That's a good question. So mm-hmm. t- sometimes if there's something specific in the news that is worth addressing, and we have the time, and we have the, right, the momentum, then we do that. Then, mm-hmm. of course, we, we try to take on current issues that are burning regarding Judea and Samaria. But other times, we also so different um, sides, uh, human sides. We show the people. We show the places. We talk about um, the big amount of terror attacks against Jews every week. So, for example, every Sunday. Please remind me when we finish this talk to to um, to post it. And uh, every Sunday we have this picture and um, and a report of all the weekly terror attacks against Jews from the previous. Week, so we added we add them up, also from the beginning of 2019. So, for example, I think this week were about a thousand four hundred attacks for, from the beginning of 2019. And you're talking about in this area alone in, in Judea and Samaria. In Judea and, and, and Samaria. And you also count. Uh, we, we, I don't know what your definition of terror attack is. Meaning a, an attack on soldiers would also be a terror attack. So no, we only um, we only uh, show present attacks against. Civilians, mm-hmm. which uh, includes uh, stone throwing, Molotov mm-hmm. um, cocktails, and of course from that up. But the minimum would be stone throwing for w- sure. W- what about the? I mean, for for me, it seems like maybe a, a bigger issue. D- defending oneself against you know bullets and stones and Molotov cocktails is obviously important, and you know I don't disagree. But the bigger issue for me is defending ourselves against attempts to throw us out of our land and to shrink the borders of our country. We're now living in a situation where you know the United States is is getting ready to drop a plan on us that, according to almost every report, is going to be a two-state plan. It's going to force the partition of our land in one form or another. Are you guys doing anything to try and resist the Trump plan when it drops? So, first of all, for sure, we're advocating for the fact that we belong here. We live here, we belong here, we're going anywhere. Yeah, for sure, we we belong here. So everything we do, even when we show the the humanity Mm -hmm. side of people, 
It comes to show, first of all, we're talking about uh, normal, uh, uh, kind-hearted, uh, righteous people that believe that they belong to this land. And we're not talking about aggressive, brutal people that, you well, know... We could be aggressive sometimes. Sometimes there's a reason yeah, to be aggressive. there's a reason for sure, yeah. But uh, I'm saying, I mean... Th- that I mean, we are living in a war. F- right, so, so regarding your question, this war is... We're being attacked from many, many... Fronts. Fronts, yeah. right? So, so it, like, for example, that's part of my dilemma all mm-hmm. the time. So, some, so we're being attacked by the Arabs that live around us. They want us annihilated. We're being attacked by Israeli organizations. Specifically, like, European-funded organizations. Right, European. Yeah, everybody knows exactly who they are. They're not really human. They're not for human rights. But right, that's they're not the even leftists. They're just, the like, cover. agents of Europe. Right, for example. Th- we're being attacked by the international community sometimes, mm-hmm. like the European Union, mm-hmm. um, the, the international media, and, and so on. It's, unfortunately, it's a whole movement that is attacking from different places. The Trump uh, um, you know, administration that many Israelis might see them as, as a friendly administration, sometimes they themselves do not recognize the fact that Judea and Samaria belongs to Jewish right. people and there's no yeah, other... Also, I think that uh, unfortunately it's part of like a slave mentality among us. I think a lot of Israelis are desperate for a good emperor, meaning they want an American administration that's nice to us, like Hadrian at the beginning of his reign. Right. Like instead of just saying, you know what, there's a fundamental conflict of interest between us and... Malchut Esav, and let's not look for the good emperor. Let's just say we need to break free. We need to be free of anything that the empire wants to do here in the Middle East. If I understand what you're saying correctly, again, I assume you have a lot of, um, you know, that you can elaborate a lot in, in what you just mentioned. But I, I think if we're talking about an emperor, then I totally agree with you. But if you're talking about other nations, for example... Well, any other nation that that even thinks it has the authority to tell us what our policies should be then or what our border should be. Then totally agreeable. And, and, it's, and, and it's logical. I mean, every country it should behave been. that way. Right. Every country should not allow anyone from the outside to mm. impose on it uh, you know, right. other... But we're not used to beliefs. thinking that way. In general, we're not used to power. I think Jews are still learning how to have power again. And it's, it's difficult. Like, I'll just give you an example for what I'm talking about. You know, when we were fighting the British in the 1940s to free our land, the Etzel, the Irgun Lumi under Menachem Begin, was fighting the oppressive regime. When they fought the British, they were fighting the oppressive regime. But the Lechi, the Lochamei Cherut Yisrael, the fighters for the freedom of Israel, were fighting the foreign regime meaning they're both fighting the British, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. The Etzel was fighting because they didn't like British policies, and they wanted British policies to become better. The Lechi was fighting because they say the British have no right to tell us anything, they shouldn't be here, it's not their country, and we're going to fight to be free. And I think that is the healthier approach, and I think that is the, the mentality we need to encourage in our people today, especially in Judea and Samaria. Not to wait for the good American president to recognize our rights to Jerusalem or the Golan or anywhere else, but to actually say it's not his business. This is our country. If you don't want to have an embassy in Jerusalem, don't have an embassy in our country. Yeah, I could relate to that. I could totally relate to that. And of course, after we have that, then we can open ourselves up to other, you know, more connections to to well, no, to be allies to with everybody because right. uh, because this alliances is a, are fine. This is a, a deep uh, Jewish fear that has been with us for ages, and maybe that is what why we are behaving that way because we're little, we're small. We uh, think we're we, small. We we've always been under the you know the other regimes and mm-hmm. other authorities telling us, deciding for us what to do. 
And in today's global world, you understand that if you remain by yourself small, yeah. it's much more difficult to get along. Then, right. But I agree with you. We are the Jewish people. Maybe this is exactly what we need to learn sometimes, that we have to go, up, first of all, with our faith and what we believe in and with our mission. And, and after that, we will receive much more acknowledgement or, or m many more connections to people who will, will respect us. Right. But today the way we you are behaving, we are causing the other, pe the other countries, the other nations to feel, to patronize mm -hmm. us. We are causing that by ourselves. And, and again, I mean, but we have to be united within us and that's a mm -hmm. problem because, because we've absorbed and, and we want to look the same and uh, as the Western world is right. today. We, well, we well, part of that came, you know, when we were, when Ashkenazim were in Galut, in exile in Europe, we suffered tremendous, tremendous, tremendous trauma, like so much traumatic persecution generation after generation. And I think many of us came to the conclusion, and I think it was a wrong conclusion, but it was a conclusion Jews in Europe came to, is that we're being persecuted because we're different, and if we could minimize the differences, if we could show that we're like them, then, meaning if we can go from being a refugee population of Jews from the Middle East that happen to be living in Germany and France, saying we're not that anymore, now we're going to be Local Germans and Frenchmen with a Jewish religion, like redefine our whole identity, then maybe they'll accept us and stop killing us. And I think this fear of persecution has had a tremendously, uh, that's identity colonization, meaning our identity was colonized because of persecution and fear of persecution that made us feel we can't be different. And I think now on a national level, we've absorbed that. And you know, I think what you said before is correct. You know, most nations decide what their interests are, they define their interests, and then they make alliances with other nations right. based on their interests. Israel might be the only nation today that first decides who it wants to be friends with and then tries to redefine its interests in order to fit into the agenda of that friend. We have to stop thinking like slaves. We have to think like an independent people. We have to get used to having... We do have power. We have a, an army with uh, motivated soldiers. Uh, we might even have nuclear weapons. We have uh, an economy that's a lot stronger than it used to be. We have the ability to be a force on the world stage but we have to have a desire to bring something new to the world stage. I think the vehicle we built with the Gona Vilna calls Mashiach Ben Yosef, like the physical rebuilding of the nation of Israel, it, it's not going to know its own power until it has a vision or a message to share with the world, an idea of what it is, what we came back to life for in order to bring that to the world. And I think that's part of what's taking place. You said we need to be unified. We do need to be unified, but it's possible that part of the disunity is a temporary necessity because you have different forces in Israeli society that have focused on different areas of our rebirth. Like Yosef focuses on security, on high-tech, on building economies, on, on what you need to run a nation, to be like a powerful... Unless there's a group that in its core is anti this whole story and this mm -hmm. whole process. So for sure I agree with you that we need, uh, you know, different... Uh, colors and strands right. of, of so, but of the question is here. which one is going to be dominant meaning the problem is you have different tribes in Israel like our president Ruby Rivlin talks about the different tribes of Israel but they, even though there's different tribes and I think there's more than he thinks at the end of the day the glue that's supposed to hold all the tribes together is the values of Tel Aviv like that's what we're all supposed to agree with. So let's say that if the glue is different, meaning you, Tel Aviv can be Tel Aviv, nothing against Tel Aviv, we need them. The power within Israel to defeat Esav is in Yosef. 
Because Yosef can be like Esav. But Yosef shouldn't be driving the car anymore. And I think today Yosef is looking at the country. They feel entitled because they built it, they created it. And they see that they didn't have as many kids as some of the other tribes. That they don't have as much motivation to go to the army as some of the other tribes. And slowly, slowly they're losing the country to the Jews that they always saw as like the primitivim. Like the primitive Jews. The Jews who are ironically more like our neighbors. And right. can do a better job of fitting in in the, in the Semitic in this region. Area. So as this shift takes place in Israeli society and we transition from being a caterpillar to becoming a butterfly, we're going to have to find a way maybe to keep Yosef with us, to keep Tel Aviv with us, without them being dominant over society. I totally, I think today we have um, uh, a new... A new form of, you know, once it was right or left, mm-hmm. if you're religious or non-religious, I think today we can form a, a new group in Israeli society, whether you believe in the, the, Jewish, the Jewishness of the mm-hmm. state, that this state belongs to the Jewish people. And then uh, from there we can elaborate what does that mean with right. minorities. And, but whoever believes in, in this minimum mm-hmm. concept, then I can have a discussion with him. Even if he wants my village where I live in Itzal, uh, you, you know... Uh, we can fight it moved, out. ...moved, right? Because he wants a two-state solution, whatever. We have mm-hmm. the basic, we have the f- same foundation that we can start talking about. Right. But if it's a group of, so, you know, progressives that, uh, that are here in Israel and also around the world that have totally disconnected, mm-hmm. d- disconnected the their the orientation... People. The, the, from the story of the Jewish people, then these are the, these group of people cannot be in this discussion because they're totally out. That they, they they don't understand what they're doing here. And as far as I'm cons- as far as they are concerned, mm-hmm. the whole presence of us being here is a sin, mm-hmm. and this sin has to be cleaned away. I would say it a little different. I agree with you that the differences in Israeli society are not along the lines of right and left or religious and secular. I I think you're correct. I would define it similar to you. I would say that the differences in Israeli society are, or in the Jewish world are between those of us who are psychologically living in Jewish history and those of us who are psychologically just living in like politically correct 2019. And the way we relate to issues, you know, an issue comes up. Some of us, when this issue comes up, we relate to it within the context of Jewish history, what's been right and wrong within our collective experience. And some just look at what happens to be politically correct in France or America today, and they judge it based on that. And it's interesting, because even when you look at these elections, when you look at our Knesset, it used to be we had prime ministers, not just Begin and Shamir, but I would say even Ben-Gurion and Golda Meir, who are really psychologically living in the story of the Jewish people. Whether they were left, religious, secular, right, doesn't matter. They They were were quoting things, they were saying it, for sure, it was on the table. But today... When I look at 120 Knesset members, it's hard for me to find five who are living psychologically in the story of the Jewish people. It's, it's, I mean, maybe Netanyahu on a good day. I disagree with that. I think, I think most, like all the people rooted, even of course the Haredim, right. maybe not in the national ah, so way, the for sure, like but, the Haredim, yeah. but also the, the, the religious Zionist, for sure. No, no, no. I, think, I think also the Likud, take the a classical Likudnik. Mm-hmm. He has got a lot of very powerful Jewish identity. I mean, again, it not, no, but it I might mean, not living be in the Jewish story. I'll give you an example. I think there are a lot of people on the right who are right. They're not Jewish nationalists. I'm a Jewish nationalist. Okay, like I'm living the story of Am Yisrael, 
and I'm, I'm fighting for my homeland, and I'm fighting for my culture, and I'm fighting for the rebirth and liberation of my people. But I'm not a right-winger, I'm not a conservative, and, uh, and I'm certainly not uh, accepting of the capitalist system or the derivatives of the capitalist system. But I think you have now a right, whether it's uh, Yvette, uh, Avigdor Lieberman, or uh, Naftali Bennett, or even Bibi Netanyahu most of the time, who have actually bought in into this idea of like a conservative right, like a Western conservative right. And they're not really living in the story of the Jewish people anymore. Um, whereas I think a guy like Batella Smotrich or a guy like Rav Rafi Peretz are actually living in the story of the Jewish people. They're not really right-wingers or left-wingers. They're Jewish nationalists. They're fighting for the vision of our ancestors. They want to see this country become what our ancestors thousands of years ago wanted this country to become. And I think that's a, a very different mentality, and it's been, it's very strong maybe in Judea and Samaria, or certain parts of Judea and certain parts of Samaria, but I wouldn't say the right of Israel is taking that position. Uh, and I would notice something else, when I travel I to... I think you're, very, you're too uh, strict about it. About um, where I draw the line. Yeah, I totally I agree that um, Besmotrich is much more, you know, he lives the, f- the past and, and the history and, and the, the future. future. Much more than maybe the others, but I totally think that the Prime Minister Netanyahu and uh, and you know all the rest they you have. See Lieberman, you see Lieberman is like really living in Jewish. He, nobody knows Lieberman. Nobody can see Lieberman mm-hmm. because he, he nobody knows what he actually. So take him out of the equation. I mean, I think it's very clear. I think Lieberman is an agent of Donald Trump. Maybe I don't know what that means. But well, it but means but he's, it means he's trying to create a government that can accept a Trump plan and exist throughout its implementation. I think uh, Lieberman's uh, mission Again, he's living with, uh, with a secular flag, so of course that makes him in, s- in, in a certain way disconnected to uh, I don't know, because I, I, I used to work for Arya Eldad, you know, a member of Knesset Arya Eldad. Also, no kippah on his head. You know, you might call him secular, I don't know. No, but I don't have a problem like with secularism. No, but, but Arya Eldad is not waving a flag of secularism, right? No, no, no. Th- so that's the difference. I'm, I don't have... Um, I think there are a lot of secular people that are much more passionate, Zionist passionate than maybe other Jews, but right. th- that's not the issue. But, but again... Well, 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 I think the, the context is problematic. When we talk about Jews as being religious or secular, we're actually imposing a very Western framework on ourselves. The truth is, like what we call secular are really Jews who are pushing for westernization in Israeli society. And what we call the Dati, the religious, are really Jews who are true to their own indigenous culture. The practices, the mentality, the worldview, the culture, the values of their people for thousands of years. And I think that's a much healthier way to, to look at it. Like this is just your tribal identity. Like I wear blue and white strings in the corners of my garment because that is the way of my ancestors. Like also, I believe in Nivuah. I believe in Nivuah, and I believe that there's a creator and an author to history. That's the way of my people for thousands of years. And I think that when we talk about this idea of like religion and state, it's a very European context that we've imposed on ourselves, and it's very unhealthy for us. Instead of this like religious secular binary, we should just think of it as like those who are really loyal to our people's values, our people's worldview, our people's culture and practices, versus those people who look at other cultures, other civilizations as superior, and it's the result of those civilizations beating us. Meaning the truth is, the reason why so many of our own people are like living psychologically within the framework of Western civilization is because the Romans beat us 2,000 years ago. Not just us, the Romans beat lots of people and imposed their civilization, their worldview, their value system, their philosophies on all of mankind. Even when we say things like 2019 or 2020, yeah, mm-hmm. I once heard, you know, Louis C.K., very mm-hmm. controversial figure right now, a comedian in the United States, Louis C.K., had a TV show for a while, he came to Jerusalem. 
not a Jewish guy. He came to Jerusalem, and somebody brought me to hear him do stand-up in Jerusalem. And he said something. To, I forget what it was, 2015, 2016. He asked the crowd, 2016 from what? Like, even when you say 2016, from what? Like, when do you start counting? The fact that another civilization managed to impose its whole identity on all of humanity, you know, and, and I think that's part of what Israel came back to life for. Israel came back to life in order to liberate humanity from Malchut Esav. So, when, if coming down to reality right now, what <laughs> I personally am that's trying my to focus here. No, <laughs> I'm talking about my reality. Yeah, okay. um, I mean, what I'm trying to do, uh-huh. uh, boots on the ground, yeah. eventually. I mean, I, I could totally agree with you, but sometimes it becomes even, you know, it, it becomes ideas for me that uh, I'm looking for even drops of them to implement. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm trying to do is basically connect, that's why I'm doing it in English, although I'm born and bred Israeli, that's not my mother tongue, English. Would you mind telling your story a little bit for our listeners, just how you got to be who you are, after you make this point? So, um, so again, uh, I'm I'm talking outside, Mm -hmm. like to the world outside, and trying to get exactly the people who see the Jews here in Judea and Samaria as indigenous, whether they're Jews outside or whether they're Christians. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, today I have more in general, the story of Judea and Samaria is, is, is much uh, openly heard mm-hmm. to right. certain Christian communities. Why that do you think that is? Oh, that's a... That's a bec- first of all, because they're connected to faith. And, and I think when you're connected to faith, you, then somewhere along the way, then you have to open your eyes to understand that something that the story that is happening right here has significance. It, it has significance and is not something that could be a realistic story or it has something to do with faith with There's something, something beyond bigger. rationality right beyond rationality that's the uh, way so but you don't think these specific Christians have an agenda that we should be weary of protect ourselves from first of all we all we always have to keep an open eye I mean um, every time I meet the, the group these groups of people I tell them that that they are in in my children's you know books the the nighttime stories the the bad guys are still the Christians mm-hmm. so we're talking about a long history of hatred between between one side to the other right and they, we, they forced us to hate them back of course but um, so we're talking about a very very long and difficult relationship mm-hmm. so-called relationship so we have to keep an eye open and we've been our blood has been spilled by Christians much more than it has spilled by anyone else right, right. and, no, and even, for the t- reason even today t- we have a lot of quote-unquote like Zionist Christians involved in missionary activity even here in Ariel yes yes mm-hmm. yes of course of course I'm aware of that totally aware of that. that's that's why when we say Christians in general Christian mm-hmm. movement we have to take that into you know in proportion mm-hmm. uh, uh, but there but in again you, what I find uh, with my meetings with them is is sincere, is is honesty, is is a sort of uh, an awakening call that I find to be very uh, true and 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 honest, and and it's a process. It's, we're just in the beginning of a process, but it's happening in front of our eyes, and and it's bigger than me and it's bigger than them and and. You know, if it wasn't part of our prophecies as well, then it would be would have been much easier easier for me to reject it. Mm-hmm. 
But it's part of our prophecies that say that this will happen. That Gentiles will come. The Gentiles will come and recognize. Not, not as Christians. But again, uh, uh, some of them are still, maybe you can, so-called idol worshippers. And in that respect, we totally have a um, you know, disagreement. But something is happening here. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I feel that, first of all, we do not have the privilege to turn a blind eye to it. Mm-hmm. We have to... Le- be part of it in order to lead it into to funnel it to, to funnel f- it to facilitate right. something right positive. to facilitate it in the right direction because if it's not us it'll be someone else mm-hmm. as usual right. and and I do find uh, sincereness in a lot of these people mm-hmm. that support Israel not because of interests um, well so as far as we know as far as we know uh, everything I say is as far right, as I right, know right. We, we all no to a certain degree. Right? I guess it's harder for me because I really come from the perspective that Israel came back to life after 2,000 years in order to free mankind from the systems that the Fourth Empire, like Esav, has, from the Roman times, has used to control populations to dominate the world and, uh, and creates a lot of suffering, a lot of human suffering. So I feel like part of the liberation of Israel will require us to ultimately liberate others. Who knows? Maybe we'll be in a different version. <laughs> Maybe I'll be in a different version. Yeah, no, I, no, I don't know. It's yeah. too far away from me right now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I know it's, it's very important like, yeah. to look at the future, but, but, but I'm concentrated right now mm-hmm. and, and what's happening right now. And to me, what is happening right now is something that I totally feel um, is, is will be doing good and right for the Jewish people and the Jewish settlers, the, the indigenous people here in Judea and Samaria. It's, it's funny you use that word, because you say settler and then you say indigenous. And the, you know the words are like opposites. Yeah. Like in English, I know like uh, English isn't your first language, but uh, the word settler really has means... has a bad connotation. It means somebody who's somewhere he doesn't belong. S- right. Like it's the opposite of mitnachel. Mitnachel, like the Hebrew Nachala. word. So it's like it means you're from there. But settler means you don't belong. Settler means you're... And, and it usually do- doesn't only mean you don't belong there. It means your presence is dependent on injustice to exist. Meaning, like, for you to be where you are, you need a whole system of injustice to, like, allow you to stay I understand. there. Yeah, a sort of colonialism. Right, colonialism. Colonialism. Uh, now, you, before you started doing boomerang, you were the... You, you live in Yitzhar, yeah. uh, not far from here, uh, nine kilometers away. I know, I just took, uh-huh. you know, I just drove it. And you, um, and you used to be the spokesperson, like right. the international spokesperson for Yitzhar. Right. So how is your work different as spokesperson for Yitzhar than it is right now? Like you, you see yourself as a spokesperson of the Jewish people, of the Jewish people in the Shomron and in Yehuda, like specifically the, the Jews of the West Bank. So h- how is it different to be representing the community of Yitzhar, which gets a lot of terrible press mm-hmm. all the time and is always a focus of media attention for, for negative reasons? Um, and you've transitioned from being a spokesperson of Yitzhar to being uh, a spokesperson of, of a broader Jewish community. How is it different? Well, it's not that different. It's just a different scale. So mm-hmm. I, I now I have, a, a m- first of all, much more freehand. I'm, I don't have to represent a certain community. So I can choose my stories and I can show different aspects of what's happening here in Judea and Samaria. And I think the cause of fighting for uh, the general idea is much more important than one for one community. specific place, for sure. Although I'm totally connected, I think the people there are wonderful. Uh, 
created a great video about them a month ago, which is an, an amazing video that should be watched by people who want to get to know the villagers of Yitzhak. We can link to the video in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. So today, I mean, uh, th there's so much to tell here in Judea and Samaria, and, and, and I have a whole wish list of things that I, I believe should be done and should be said. We're working it out. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we're doing right now is a, is, a, is a line of videos, is a series that's called Boomerang Gives. That's mm -hmm. what you actually started okay. talking about, which is connecting people to different projects here in Judea and Samaria. We present a different project every month. Mm -hmm. We show it, we, dis we, we create a video, we display the story, and then we call upon people from around the world and, of course, also from here, from Israel, connect them to the story, and we put a certain amount of money that we want to uh, raise, crowdfund, That's and then great. after we, we crowdfund it, we, we show like what we did with the money. We, we show the effectiveness nice. of it, and then we move on to the next video mm -hmm. every month. So, so what's your project this month? So we just finished the Ari Fold truck project mm -hmm. for Ari. The Sifri Torah? No, the, the truck, the truck for the soldiers. We just raised about uh, $80,000 wow. for, for finishing up uh, the truck for the soldiers that he did. He started it when, when he was alive uh -huh. and he, it wasn't completed, so we completed that amount of money. Nice. Our next project is with uh, a bereaved family organization mm -hmm. called uh, Choosing Life. Mm -hmm. Uh, people who lost their loved ones in terror attacks. In the conflict. Right, in the conflict. But they decided to fight back. And they decided not to only to lick their wounds and... Fight uh, back how? Fight back in, in legislation, in protests. They're meeting Knesset members, mm -hmm. in, in lobbying. And in these are mostly people from the Shomron? And not most. Part of them, but mm -hmm. not all of them. No, they're, they're from all around Israel. Mm -hmm. Um, but most of them have lost their loved ones here in, in the Shamon, right? Mm -hmm. So, Like Intifada time. Right, Intifada, or regular, you right. know, murder yeah. attacks, uh, even half right, a no, year it's ago. No, it's important for listeners to understand that we are living, uh, most of the Jews who grew up in places like this are, living, are growing up in an ethnic conflict. And I think when you look at things in the news of behavior or actions that certain people take, it has to be contextualized as these are people who are born and raised in an ethnic conflict where it's normal, it's normal, unfortunately, that uh, somebody hears their teacher was killed in a roadside shooting or... Yeah, uh, everybody has a few people they know right, that and have... And, and I don't think people abroad fully understand that. Um, now, let me just ask you, in terms of the breadth of this project, w like... Are there boundaries on what you would support? Like, for example, if I have a project... Only legal things. Okay, no, no, first of all, okay, only legal things, great. But if I have a project where I'm bringing Jews and Palestinians together to in the Shomron, or no, in Yuda, in like northern Yuda, and I'm trying to bring Jews and Palestinians together to better understand each other's stories and work together against the two-state solution. Is that something that can be supported at Boomerang, or is that too outside of the bounds? I don't know. First of all, uh, what I would do is I'd participate in such a thing, mm -hmm. which I don't... Well, you're more than invited. Uh, in general, I time. don't have a problem in uh -huh. participating. Yeah. I do have meetings here and there with Arabs mm -hmm. um, in here in Judea and Samaria. We, uh, we met last time uh, with a sheikh from uh, Hebron, right? Yeah, sheikh Tamimi. Yeah, sheikh Tamimi in, in Hebron. Uh, from Hebron. So, in general, I don't have a problem with these meetings, mm -hmm. but it depends if I believe it's, it's, it's something worth inv investing, mm -hmm. because w there's a lot of important things to do. Right. So, it'll have to be weighted. Mm -hmm. it, it won't be cancelled uh, totally. If I feel that there's a, a true and sincere way of maybe bringing about 
the um, you know a, a, a sane reality here that of course includes the fact that this place is part of the Jewish state, which unfortunately we cannot find many Arabs to s- say this openly. And and if it if it'll be like uh, four or five Arabs coming to the same meetings over again, and I will feel like. You know, there's not a real momentum, issue here. Not there's not a momentum right, right, right. here. I wouldn't waste my time on right, that. Right, right. No, no, no. I'm talking about something much more. Yeah, uh, if there's a momentum, of course. I mean, pa- w- um, I have an Arab member in in Boomerang, Salazobi, uh, and we're working together. And if she needs help, I'm helping her out. And but she is uh, an honest, you know, person, uh, and saying out loud what what should be said out loud. She's paying a big price for that. So, of course, these kind of people I totally admire. I think she, she's a... Um, she's, uh well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of great work here. And I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing your story, how you got here, how you became who you are today, what's next for you, or do you feel... Uh, it's pretty long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you it's come from where, Netanya? Yeah, yeah Netanya? an urban guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's you went to Machon Meir? Yeah, and then the way I got to know Judea and Samaria. It's, 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 it should be a whole... Uh, a whole podcast, a whole podcast okay. of its own. Yeah. But where we where we want to go is, is we have a lot of plans. I'm here with the Gedalia Bloom. That's uh, we're working together, and uh, we have we're working very hard. First of all, in order, w- uh, unfortunately, we're the only ones here in Judean Samari presenting the story in English in a vi- through videos, right, mm-hmm. on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and. And and there are a lot of first of all we want to get this boomerang gives mm-hmm. right going and I think it's it's an amazing concept and in a year's time we could do incredible projects we can go to places touch them and boom a- and these places like they all of a sudden they they rise and they have enough s- money f- to implement their you know their intentions and and we can connect there are millions and millions of people out there that want to know about Judea and Samaria that don't even know that they want to know and once they're exposed... They no, there's an incredible story taking place here. And, right. uh, and I think that's right. part of the... I uh, want to tell this incredible story. Right. Uh, it's incredible for me. I, I'm, I'm not looking at it from the outside. It's happening with right, me as right, well. Right. I'm, I'm part of this... Oh, you're raising your children in it. And, uh, right. Like it's, it's reality. Me right, too. it's like reality. It's, uh, like it, with all the challenges of it, it's you know, and, and you know, all the day to day, you're living this incredible story that spans thousands of years. Yet at the same time, you know, you wake up and you wash your hands and you brush your teeth, and you know, you take your kids to school, and you're like, you know, it's right, right. It's, it's a day to day. Interesting friction between just like living this kind of like quote unquote normal life and living really a, in this incredible chapter of history and your people's story specifically. And, and yeah, like really Idalia keeps saying, this is from him, to take the pen and to write history. Mm. Uh, so that's what we're doing and yeah. we're, we're like calling upon other people to join us. Okay. And if people want to see what we're doing, they could go to our site, which is boomerangfight.com. Boomerangfight.com. Yeah. All right, Esri, thank you so much thank for you, joining uh, me or totally having me here you. in your studio in Ariel. Uh, this is Yudah Kohen, Brit Chazon, Vision Magazine. You're listening to The Next Stage. Don't forget to leave a review, five-star rating, and you can see the show notes at visionmag.org backslash the next stage 14. <laughs>